Welcome to the Solid Rock Health and Fitness Podcast. Our goal with this podcast is to educate our listeners on best practices in the health and fitness industry. We'll have on health professionals to provide insights on best practices, along with some of our very own members who've excelled in making fitness a priority in their life. If you enjoyed today's episode, it would mean the absolute world to me if you liked, commented, and shared our content so we can help more people look good, move well, and feel great. Welcome back to the Solid Rock Health and Fitness Podcast. Today, I am joined by Coach Gabe. And our topic for the day, what we're going to be covering, uh, is the mission trip that Coach Gabe just went on. He went to Nepal for 13 days. He has a history with the organization that he went with. So he's going to be telling us all about that and essentially how he used fitness to spread the gospel. So without further ado, Coach Gabe, could you just tell us a little bit about the organization you went with and how you originally got plugged in with them? Yeah, so the organization I went with is called Respect the Corners, and um, their mission is to use fitness to share the gospel. So whether that's through coaching or through Bible distribution, um, their whole mission is to, we're going to use this vessel of fitness to get coaches into places like Saudi or Nepal or just like places where you can't be a normal missionary in a sense. Um, so that's their mission field. And I actually did my training with them, like mission training with them about three years ago. Uh, so I had a relationship with them going into this trip and I had you know, completed my D school before going with them. So that's how I kind of knew about the trip. And uh, I had friends that were in like still doing work with them. So that's how I kind of got started on this trip. Absolutely. How'd you hear about Respect the Corners? Um, it was just simply through Instagram. Just one of the CrossFitters that I was following at the time, just he actually did a trek exactly like the one that I like went on. Uh, he did a trek with them and was just like, that was the hardest thing I've ever done in my entire life. And I was just like, CrossFit Games athlete saying that. Like At the time, I was like, that's just crazy. Like They're supposed to be invincible. And I was like, okay. Like It, it was always like this challenge that I always wanted to do. Um, and that's why I initially went to Hawaii is to work with those guys and be with those guys. But um, I never got the shot to actually go on outreach. So this was actually my shot to do what I've kind of like been looking forward to do the whole time. That's awesome. That's really cool. And did you just reach out to them about this last trip you went on in Nepal? So I actually, I took a trip up to Kansas City earlier this year. um, And it was called The Send. It's just where all these mission organizations come together. And they just promote, hey, we just want to mobilize missions movements across the world. Um, And I kind of went just thinking, I don't want to be here. This is just whatever. Like, uh, my dad invited me. So it was like a free ride the whole way and um i just went there and it was a good time but i got to like see some old friends and they were uh, some guys that were like still in rtc um and they were like hey we're doing these things for people that aren't like in our actual school anymore but just want to come out and do treks for two to three weeks and i think i just they gave me the brochure and i think i texted you that day just a picture of it and you were like go do it i was like oh Okay, cool. That that sounds fun. So yeah, yeah. So do you feel like respect the corners is a place for like, you know, believers to kind of have common ground to come together? That th- might be in the fitness industry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely a place where 
you know, people who want to use fitness for something besides I just want bigger biceps and abs, you know, like it's definitely like a career path for people to use fitness to show the gospel. Cause I feel like there's a lot of people who, you know, want to be in ministry, but like fitness and like, they just don't want to be reading the Bible for 12 hours a day. Like that's, <laughs> yeah. that's definitely how I feel. It's just like, I feel like there's a calling for ministry, but if I had to go up on stage or if I had to just like read my Bible at a coffee shop and just study that nonstop, I feel like that doesn't really uh, suit my skill sets in a sense. So yeah. I feel like it's a great common ground to be like, okay, I'm working with my hands and I'm teaching people, but we're also doing something fun like fitness and all that kind of stuff. A hundred percent. That's really cool. Mm. So tell us a little bit about your trip to Nepal. Like, what was your training like? What did they prescribe to you? What did you actually do? Let's like start from training all the way to leaving, what the trip was like, um, and then what it was like coming back and everything like that. Yeah. So, uh, so the last time I was with RTC in December was probably the last season of my life where I did CrossFit. Um, and then I started doing more OPEC stuff, and that kind of transitioned me to more solid rock kind of workouts, which is just more strength workouts, essentially. Uh, so they are a CrossFit organization. Um, and my body has just not been – whenever I do CrossFit, I just get beat up by it. So they prescribed this whole 12-week program, which I thought was really well-programmed. I just knew that I wouldn't do well with it because of just the barbell cleans, the squat jerks, the, just the, all those kind of really tr- like uh, heavy skill set movements. Um, so I kind of just took their principles of program, and I kind of programmed for myself and just like – long interval work i would go ski row bike or just like long 60 to 90 minute sessions on the bike or the rower um so i did a lot of that stuff along with i would make myself do like one long walk every week so like anywhere from three to six hours with 80 pounds on my back i would just go for a trail here in norman just walking in circles and listen to books listening to just worship music the whole time so i definitely I did, I did more volume than what they prescribed in CrossFit. It just had a slower pace, just like really slow, really just focusing on breathing, not going too fast, not a lot of intensity, but just like a lot of slow endurance work. Um, and I felt really good the entire trek. So, so more sustainable work that was repeatable over the long haul? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, did any of the other people that went on the uh, trip with you guys uh, adhere to the programming that was subscribed by the organization? Um, I don't think so. Not many guys did. Not many uh, did? No. I think it was just like a recommendation kind of a thing. Okay. Yeah, but not, not too many did. How do you feel like your fitness was compared to like the other people that went on the trip? I feel like, uh, I, feel like I was definitely, based on how many... Back, extra backpacks I had to carry I think I was definitely uh just I, I'm trying not to say it, like I was one of the best but like I had to carry you were in the people. top one percent I was yeah <laughs> let's go <laughs> um so I mean I think in my head I would compete against like maybe one or two of the guys the entire track and I'm just okay I gotta stay with them I gotta stay with them because like one of the guys is actually from Nepal and he was the one leading our trek he was our translator and this guy was like uh was he like a billy goat just, he just hovering up the just mountain ran and down? Up and down. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he, he just, yeah, he, he'd been on like as many treks he'd been on. He's like, I think between 80 and 90. And like each trek is anywhere from like 7 to 14 days. So this guy is just an animal. So there was one time actually where every day for lunch we would send 
two people ahead of us to go like order lunch so that by the time everyone else got there like our food is ready hold on so time out stop go ahead and order lunch when i picture you in nepal i just a picture like nothing out there just mountains and you're camping in a tent what do you mean go ahead and order lunch so like there would be there would be villages okay uh and it's like ordering lunches it imagined going to somebody's house and for lunch every day we pretty much have ramen noodles so Okay. We, we would, so they would just get the food ready, essentially. Yeah. Cool. Or we didn't. We didn't bring it. They had it with us. Okay. So like, in every village there were, um, I like to say like storehouses. It kind of looked like a, imagine like a candy store. Like, they have ramen noodles. They have like, uh, pre-made coffee. Like they have like these little treats and candies and stuff like that. So yeah. Uh, I think for every day we were out there, like, trekking, our lunch order was 16 packages of ramen noodles because there were eight guys on the trek, and we each had two. So, And they would just cook the ramen noodles. They would put in just their own spices, their own seasonings. And um, some days we got rice in the ramen noodles. A lot of the times I, like, cut up my beef jerky and just, like, threw, in the, threw it in there. So, Got to get that protein. <laughs> Get protein. Uh, what was a typical day of hiking like? So, how many miles did you guys hike? Like, how long did it take you to hike that far? Like, yeah, what was your typical day? Uh, it ranged, I think, every day we did at least seven miles. Okay, so it was between seven and like when we did seven miles, it was like, okay, we're going really, really inclined, really like it wasn't just a flat seven miles, brutal seven miles. Yeah, it was pretty rough the entire time. Um, and then the longest day we had was about 18 miles. So anywhere in that range, it was just, yeah. That's awful. Yeah. Anyone that's actually hiked, maybe you spent time in Colorado or in the mountains or something, like seven miles consistently day in and day out and just roughing it, like, that's tough, dude. Yeah. That's very challenging, especially the recovery that yeah. goes into play. But you felt like the sustainable aerobic work and a lot of volume you did mm-hmm. play, helped you throughout the entire trip? Yeah. It, I think it was more... Uh, it was more mentally because it's it's such as like a mental grind, just that monotonous. Okay, walking the same two feet, the same path, and just especially, I feel like the flat ground is a lot harder. Like the flat ground and the the sandy ground where there's not much rocks. Like my ADHD brain like enjoyed the rocks and the going up and down because yeah. like I have something to kind of look forward to. Like it's like a little puzzle in my head, but the boring stuff is just long road. And that 18 mile day, it was about. Um, probably the last six or seven miles were just like a flat, just going around mountains and stuff like that. And it was just, I think the worst feeling the entire trip was having the sun set on you and it go dark and having to turn the headlamps on because that was just the most depressing thing in the world, especially since we've been trekking since like 8 a.m. That was just rough. So going around mountains, were there any like steep cliffs or anything? Like if you took a wrong step, you'd fall off? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, One of the... The, one of the first days, one of the guys on our team had elevation sickness. So we were supposed to go over a pass on like day two or three. Um, and because he had elevation sickness, we had to stay down by the river and go around the mountain, which would be a lot longer, but we missed a shortcut by going over the pass. Um, and then because of all the monsoons that they had this past year, all the there was like a bunch of landslides. So the, the road that we were supposed to go down originally had all these rocks just covering it and the first couple were just okay we got to go over a couple big rocks and it was fine but a couple like three or four times there were a couple where 
you had to go around a ledge and you had to hold onto a rock and pull yourself up and it's like if you took any wrong step it's just a couple thousand feet fall and it was you you're just so tired you don't really notice yeah. that essentially you're kind of just okay. did you do any of that when it was dark with your headlamp on no, no, no. it was it, it whenever we trekked and it was dark it was relatively safe so all that scary stuff was kind of in the day which was kind of a blessing and a curse because you could see the fall like i i wish it was dark because i almost didn't want to see how high we're because it was just a few thousand feet up the entire time um so yeah it, it was pretty safe during during the night but during the day is like when all the scary stuff happened yeah that's crazy i'm not gonna throw him under the bus but he's he's a famous norman sooner football player who gabe had to carry his bags but we're not gonna throw him under the bus on this podcast we wouldn't do that to him so tell us a little bit like what did you do like what was the whole reason for the trip you went on like what were you guys on a mission to do Mm -hmm. so the mission of the trip was bible distribution um our goal was to just anyone that we encountered, anyone that we stayed with, like in those villages, um, we wanted to share the gospel and share Bibles with them. Uh, we carried around like little, uh, just New Testament Bibles, and we would just distribute them. We each started with about, we each had 15 to 20 in our backpacks. So uh, by the end of the trek, we handed out over 120 Bibles to everybody. Um, and it we made sure that like each household that like we just wanted the male of each household to get it because statistically when the male has the bible like their whole family kind of converts to christianity so that was the goal it's just distribute the bible and like share the gospel with people who anyone would listen to it so okay what language do the people of nepal speak uh nepali nepali yeah yeah yeah. did you guys have a translator with you yeah 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 so, the, were the bibles written in nepali yeah 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 okay yeah that's really cool how many villages did you say you guys went to we passed through at least, I'd say, probably eight or nine villages, eight to ten probably, because we would stay in a village every night, and then we would like pass through a village for lunch or something like that too. Yeah. So. And did y'all mainly? You said statistically speaking that you gave the Bibles to the male, the head of the households. Mm-hmm. Did y'all mainly spend time like talking to them, or did you talk to like kids? Uh, their wives, women, like who were the people you guys mainly communicated with? Yeah, um, it kind of ranged. It was definitely, it was wherever we saw like a group of people gather is kind of where we like, okay, hey, this is an opportunity to share the gospel. And so there was actually on that 18 mile day, there was a point where um, we're probably 12 miles in and there was just like a group of boys, like I say junior high to high school age. And they were all kind of just like, I think they always just like ask for like chocolate. Like that's what they always want. Hey, chocolate, chocolate. They're always asking for that kind of stuff. Uh, but we got like a group of eight to 10 boys to like gather. Um, and then we all just t- put our, like took our backpacks off and was like, Hey, we should show the gospel. And we were kind of taking turns. Like I got to show the gospel to those boys. Um, and then just by the grace of God, like they all came, like there was a point I showed the gospel and then I'm like, Hey, do you guys want to accept Jesus as your savior? And they were all, yeah, they all shook their head and they all said yes. And so there was a moment where all eight of those boys came to just recite the Lord's prayer and to accept him into his heart. So it was definitely, yes, we spoke to the men of the household. We spoke to a few women, but like those boys were an example, like get kind of the range of people that we spoke to on the trek. Yeah. 
That's awesome. Yep. You didn't harm those boys' health by giving them chocolate, did you? No, no. no you would no. never do that. You would never give anyone processed sugar, no. huh? I mean, it. I think I gave. I think I gave a Jolly Rancher to a couple kids, but you had to be careful, like, to not give it when there's a bunch of kids because you'd run out. Like they would all just come swarm you, and so whenever there was like one kid around, I would give them one of my Jolly Ranchers and just a little treat for them. So yeah. So one of the questions I had that you told me about whenever you got back was like, you know, different language. There's a language barrier there. You're this random person in their country. Like, why in the heck are they going to listen to you and like want to adopt some foreign religion? Like to me, that was hard for me to wrap my brain around. Like, mm-hmm. why the heck would someone just like want to convert all of a sudden? So like, tell me. I thought this was really interesting. How you connect it with people? Like, what was the connection point? Like, what was your tactic about going about, like, you know, connecting with these different individuals that you approached? Mm-hmm. I think um, the the sad reality of it um, that we we it's a good thing because we definitely want to maximize it, but it's it's almost it almost kind of felt like these people idolize America and like they idolized white males from America. Like it, it kind of felt like we were celebrities walking through and like, especially like having that many like white men, mm-hmm. uh, which isn't the greatest thing to talk about like in America today. Cause it's kind of just like goes either way, but people just like had this admiration for Americans. Um, and it's kind of like, they would sit down to hear you talk about anything. Like they just wanted, like we were just having conversations between like our team and they would just kind of sit down and just like admire us for what we were talking about. And it's kind of sad because, like, America just, like, has this, like... Uh, bubble? Yeah, bubble. But it's just, like, we're... America, in general, is just, like, so admired outside of this country. Um, so it's, like, we're trying to, like, utilize that to share the gospel. We're trying to do it for good. Um, and that's kind of what gave us those doors to enter into people's houses or, like, have meals with people, those kind of things. Yeah, why do you think that is? I don't know. I guess uh, I feel like all the, even just like driving the streets, like in the city, essentially, like I feel like American culture has such like a impact on culture around us. Like even what people were wearing, it's like people were wearing Nike, people wearing Adidas, people like all these companies that like come from America. It's like if you wear this at certain thing, or if you have an iPhone, like I feel like all these products are so um, like they get tied with America. People are just like... Kind of like idolatry. People idolize it because they don't have it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Essentially. That makes sense. So they looked up to you, kind of not idolized you, but they thought you were a famous person, essentially. Let's just call it that. And you felt like that helped break down the walls to like share your personal story Mm -hmm. or a story about you um, that kind of met them on a heart level. Yeah, I'd say that. And then along with um, like the the religion that people believe in this country is hinduism and that means that they have thousands of gods so like their tv is their god their car is their god they just like they have thousands so that that also gave them hey can we tell you about our god so it was kind of this perfect merging to where like okay they wanted to hear about what we had to say and like they looked up to us essentially just for being american but they were also willing to hear about so many gods because that's kind of their belief system so that's kind of what gave us that door in essentially i think that's really cool to have an open mind and like look at it uh from both ways rather than just going somewhere and just pushing essentially what you believe or like Mm -hmm. you know not not hearing people out and where they stand 
Um, so I think that's really cool. What about people that like, did you have anyone like that like threatened to beat you up or screamed at you when you like started talking to them? Were there anyone that was like turned off by you guys talking to them or were people pretty respectable? I mean, people, anyone we shared the gospel with, people were pretty much open to it. Um, we had maybe two or three incidents where, yeah, we don't want to hear that. Like, and they just shoot us off and it was pretty direct immediately. Um, but the people that didn't want to hear, they made it known. And then the people that wanted to hear, like, they made that known as well by just sitting and listening. So, yeah, yeah it wasn't too bad. That's awesome. It's really cool that you guys got to go over there, love on some people, encourage them, meet their needs, get to learn about them a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think that's really fantastic. Were there any times on the trip that you felt like your life was in jeopardy or did you feel, like, pretty safe the majority of the time? I feel like... During the trek, I felt good the whole time, and I was like, I think the second to last day, the last day, I was kind of like, man, I feel like I wanted to just like, I wanted to feel that feeling that you're talking about, like I could die anytime soon. And then the last day, we got a jeep to, like, all the way to the city where our, our airport was, and I like immediately regretted like wanting that desire because in my head I thought jeep, we're gonna have a jeep Wrangler, it's gonna have air conditioning, it's gonna have seven seat like we're gonna be good but it was just this it was just this big car with in the back of it we're sick we had cramped six of us into like this little there was like wooden benches for three of us sit on each side and it was just the bumpiest ride in the world and it was less than a single lane on a highway that we're just going through for five or six hours and like you i like first hour of the ride i had to just put my head down in my backpack and just like pray because like if i looked out the car uh you would just see like just this five thousand foot drop just like it's insane drop so that was about five or six hours good thing they didn't let you drive i know like and we we had a 16 year old driver like he he looked like a 15 or 16 year old who like just got his permit so there was like 10 people in the front of the cab and then there was the six of us in the back and it like I thought I was going to die. Like, I just, like, started just... The whole time, I was like, I can't do... Like, we we got a flat tire at one point because, like, our car hit so hard. And I, like... I tried to give in to the guys. Let's just run this. Let's just... Like, I'm I'm ready to run the next 20 miles. Were you crying at this point? I didn't cry, but I definitely (laughs) got close. I just... I, I have never been more scared in my entire life. And I was just head down, praying the whole time. And it was... It was rough, but... Were any of the other dudes freaking out? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A few of us kind of got claustrophobic because you're so tight because we had six guys and then like 15 bags on top of us in the back. And it's just, we had dust coming in as well because it was like an open thing with like just like bars as the railing. So they were definitely like, no one was really comfortable in that position, but it was fun. That's really cool. Is there anything else that we didn't cover about the trip that you would like for our listeners to know? Um... I mean, pretty much just the fact that I think we kind of take for granted, like, how much the gospel is shared, especially in Oklahoma. Like, there's a church on literally every corner in this state. Um, But it's like, to think that there's still parts of the world that has never even heard of the name of Jesus is just a crazy thought. Um, And then to know that there's a way to fix that, doing, like, utilizing something we do every day with fitness, I feel like that's just such a amazing opportunity to like lean into so and this trek like this trek was just like a, it was a test run for what they want to do next year and they're partnering with other organizations where they want to set up 
12 different Shreks going out to the same kind of region. So just keep it in your thoughts and prayers of like how you can support this and like how you can support people that are willing to go and uh, just fix the fact that people don't know Jesus in parts of the world. That's awesome. Is there anywhere anybody can like find more information about the organization so they could support the organization or support people that are thinking about doing future trips in the organization? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you go to uh, their Instagram handle, it's just Respect the Corners, um, and then they have a pretty cool website, respectthecorners.com. Um, they'll have all the information. If you want to sign up for an actual trek like this, like get more, get on their newsletter, learn about stuff like that, uh, you can do that through that website. Um, and then if you have any other questions, you can contact me and I can get them connected with some people. That's awesome. I yeah. appreciate it, Gabe. Thank you so much for sharing your story today, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. Gabe also wanted to thank all of the members of Solid Rock and just other people who helped support him on the journey. It meant the world to him to be able to go and do that and uh, spread the gospel and just do something that's near and dear uh, to, his, to his heart. So he's super appreciative of everyone that did that. And guys, thank you so much for listening today. If you guys enjoy this content, if you enjoy this podcast, it would mean the world to me personally if you guys liked, commented, and shared our content so we can help more people look good, move well, and feel great.